Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Eric and Justin have found their way into the world of the paranormal after a number of incidents involving the spiritual world. Since then, they have produced several radio shows, short films, and video feeds. But nothing has helped develop them into the team that they have become, quite like the hair-raising experiences that they've witnessed during their time as paranormal investigators. These are the stories of the NSPS. Now Paratruth presents Ghosts Among Us. The intro. What's up, Parafans? My name is Eric. I'm Justin. And you are listening to Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. I'll tell you, it's been a long time coming for this episode right here. Because over the past several months, you, Justin, have told me that you've gotten people to email you or message you or whatnot and ask us to start talking more about ghosts. Right. Well, lo and behold, your dreams have come true, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we... Yeah, yeah. Time to talk about ghosts. More ghosts and ghosts and ghosts and some more ghosts. You see... Today, we're going to start basically a a, three, four, maybe five part series. We'll see. It depends. It depends. But we're going to start a series here. And unfortunately, the series will not uh, expand sequentially. But we're going to do this episode and then a couple weeks from now. (laughs) You know what? I know. I'm proud of I, you. I'm proud. As I of said you. it, as I said it, I was questioning whether or not that was correct. That's actually, yeah, that would be so. <laughs> <that'd> be <right>. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's times, actually, just this past weekend, where I was talking to Savannah about something, and she's like, "That is not right." I like, guess it is. She's like, "No, it's not." And the thing was, we were talking about paragraphs because I was doing my resume uh, and cover letter, and my paragraphs are always at minimum three sentences long and she's like a paragraph is supposed to be five to six sentences long like, uh-uh they're three sentences three to five and, she, and she's like no in college it's five to six i'm like well high school taught me three and she's like you shouldn't know they, they should have told you how to write five the, to write five to six sentences in high school I'm like now our high school you don't learn that packing you know certain areas in cleveland doesn't happen <laughs> well but um, if you like since i was writing the book i had to google how how big is a paragraph so mm-hmm. it is 
traditionally three to five sentences, depending. Depending. You can have, you can have six sentences in there. Yeah. But yeah, I <laughs> I would have thought three to five. So in in my mind, you would have been right. So, <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, anyway, after that rabbit trail there. <laughs> uh, well, so anyway, what's going to happen is we're going to have this episode here that everybody is listening to right now, and then in a couple of weeks, we're going to continue on with this series and do the rest in a row. I think is probably the best way to go. The program. Uh, we don't want to split it up. Obviously, we, th- that's not what we wanted to do. Unfortunately, just the way this, our circumstances are right now and with guests coming on in the next couple of weeks, we had the opening here and uh, we decided to go ahead and do the intro to the series and then in a couple of weeks, again, we'll do the rest. But uh, I hope that this at least whets your appetite for ghosts because it's going to be a fun episode. This is stuff that uh, Justin and I had spent years studying, researching, and investigating. And this is this episode here is particularly going to be the intro for a series that we're calling Ghosts Among Us. Um, and basically, it's just... It's just little info from us to you relating things that we've witnessed on it with our own eyes via EVPs, uh, via camera, et cetera, et cetera. Back when we used to have a, a uh, paranormal investigation group called Night Stalkers Paranormal Society, the NSPS. <sighs> so, without further ado, Ghost Man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's been kind of a while since we've talked about ghosts. Yeah, and. I mean. Um- as you guys have probably will remember, we did do kind of a series or a, a show on the investigations that we've done. Uh, I think it was more along the lines of uh, getting other people's ghost stories as well. Uh, but it's been a, a quite a while since we've done it. So uh, Eric had actually found his old digital recorder from way back when. Yeah. <laughs> and uh some long time ago <laughs> he uh he's finding EVPs as well as just hearing the experiences that we've had so yeah and I'll tell you what going you know the first time you go th- all right for those of you who are in the you know in a paranormal investigative group or who are thinking of going into a paranormal investigative group uh some of the th- the uh, things that we have done in our investigations early on, we sh- didn't quite do as thoroughly as we should have. I know when Justin and I first started, we didn't really understand what we were doing. We were just getting into it. And so often when we were working with clients doing this or that, we'd only go over the EVPs once and listen intently. And that's it. When in reality, you should probably go through it two, three, even four times because there's always a possibility for whatever reason you're going to miss something. And then you'll catch it later on. Yeah. And that's something I'm experiencing now. Uh, you know, there wasn't one of our earlier investigations that we had done. You know, we, we came back with very, actually, we came back with no EVPs whatsoever uh, to present to the client. We did come back with a picture, which we'll discuss, not today, but we'll discuss the picture um, a couple of weeks from now. But now that I'm going through those EVPs from that particular investigation, I've come across two things in particular that are pretty big. And of course, and I haven't sent it to Justin yet. Yes, I haven't sent it to Justin yet. Um, 
because you know you always want to get the opinion of someone else. You know, sometimes you don't know. Is that a spirit that I just heard? Is that somebody's voice from outside? Is that me? You know, what is it? And so, talking to someone who is there in the area with you is very important. Help, you know, uh, I guess help keep you. Uh, what's the word? Uh, I can't think of the word, but I'm going to say truthful in this sense because that's what you're doing. You know, if if you go to somebody and you present them information that happens to be false, even if you don't know it's false, it's still false and it's still a lie. So you want to make sure you get the input from your team and say, hey, listen to this. What do you think that is and what do you think it's saying? And someone might be like, oh, that was me. Yeah, it doesn't sound anything like me, but I remember saying that, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. So they might have been outside your, you know, a couple rooms over yelling, but it sounds like a whisper on the EVP. Right. So that's that's something that I'm going through right now and something I'm going to send to Justin soon here within the next couple, well, before the next couple of weeks because we want it for the next show. Um, but, <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, not the next show, but the next show in the series. Epi- ep- next episode of the series, yes. You know, it's one thing I always, I always kind of uh, struggle with when I'm talking to somebody is relating... Sh- I guess relating shows to episodes because really a show is something broad, you know? Yeah. Pure Truth Radio is a show. Television, like, you know, some of my favorites, Supernatural, Arrow, Flash, those are shows. But then there's individual episodes and really what I'm trying, what we want to say here is episode. So those of you who probably have heard me in the past say on the next show, obviously everyone knows what that means, but (laughs) I mean episode. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember all all the investigations we did, uh, all the major ones, which were very few um, as far as uh, working for clients, was mm-hmm. uh, we did uh, Ghost Alley, we did a residential home for a ghost team that we had kind of started working with together uh, mm-hmm. collaboratively. We did. Oh, I don't even remember the name of the bar, but we did a bar. Uh, oh yeah, okay, I can't either. I'll probably find out when I go through the EVPs. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. What was the other major ones that we did? Oh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's home. Uh, I think that's all the major ones we did. Where well, we did a Rockefeller Center as oh, well. That I forgot that. Um, which is actually one of the earliest I think that we've done. Was it? Maybe one of the, yeah, I think it might have been one of the first, actually. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, I know that Ghost Alley was, I think, the last that we had done for the major properties. Okay. Um, the Ghost, Al- well, Ghost Alley and the residential were kind of in sync. We did them on yeah. the same night. Um, and so in order, in reg- you know, in regards to these bigger places, it was Rockefeller uh, center, and then Jeffrey Dahmer's house, and then the residential, and then Ghost Alley. And then, the final one was the bar, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but we had some that were uh, just our group doing it in uh, public places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what lake it was that we went to but we did one in a, at a lake we eric when eric and i first started it was just him and i and we went to columbus and did mm. 
an yeah. investigation in, well, investigation. It was us walking around with nobody ever really realizing what we were doing um, at the Columbus, uh, I think it was the History Museum. Yeah, that one was the History Museum in Wait, was that Columbus? I'm trying to think because I get, I don't know if it was the History Museum in Columbus or Cincinnati because one was the History Museum, the other one was the oh, I cemetery. We, I forgot we went to two. I forgot yeah, we went to Cincinnati that, and Columbus. That was like a several day trip that we did That's from right. Cleveland to Columbus to uh, yeah down to Cincinnati, and we also again this is. Sometimes you want to do an investigation, but you don't want to go through all the paperwork and this and that. So you hide certain elements, like the name of the place you're investigating or certain people. So there was a restaurant that we stopped at in Ohio. Um, and I think it was, I want to say it was like in the Medina area, maybe. I can't remember offhand. Uh, but it was on our way to Columbus. And we decided to stop there, got a burger, wasn't very good. But, you know, that's beside the point. And we actually had the... <laughs> we actually had our voice recorders sitting on the side of us, either on our lap or on the table, and we just let it play. And we just let it go during the entire dinner. Uh, and we just, you know, talked and we talked with the waitress and just went about our normal business. Because sometimes you never know, you know, yes. if there is a spirit there may want to say something or respond to something you're saying. Um, not saying that these were actual human spirits that we were trying to talk to but at the time that's exactly what we thought and believed we were reaching out to uh, and talking to now of course there's different beliefs here obviously it's changed over time I go a different a different path than Justin does but besides you know or regardless we don't really have one real proof one way or the other right um, you know whether or not human spirits do communicate with us or not don't know but, uh, you know, that was a fun trip, man. Yeah. I mean, that was a really fun. That was literally an entire trip across the entire state of Ohio just doing investigations. And one of, I think one of the funnest things that we did, funnest, that's not even a word funnest, just the most, one of the most fun things that we had done. Uh, <laughs> see, every once in a while, there's a little bit of college that comes out. <laughs> Correct myself. <laughs> Is not really during the investigations, but it was actually our off time, either before or after investigation, such as the bar that Justin and I went to. And we weren't drinking, of course. We never drink. But we did play pool, and it was cheap. And we just had a good old time, you know, for several hours, yeah. playing pool, drinking a beer, relaxing, talking about the next investigation. Uh, and, of course, the road trip itself is always fun. Yeah, and I... I trying to remember the trip it's been so long now um there was a couple of bars that we went into one of them though was like it was very musty and just didn't really want to be there <laughs> that long yeah it was you know that was a weird night because yeah we went to a couple bars the first one was like eh, we'll have a beer and then let's go let's get out of here and then eventually we found our way to this really nice bar where it's just, oh, there's music playing, there's, yeah. you know, pool table, everything's, in, you know, it seems like a nice atmosphere, we'll stay. And it happens, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it happened to be the same night that that particular city in Columbus, what the high school was having their prom. And I don't know if you remember seeing all the yeah. kids around with, you know, obviously the kids weren't in the bar. That would just be ridiculous. <laughs> um, but 
you know, we, we were driving around and walking around and so on and so forth. You just see all these kids like dressed up and we're like, you know, we don't miss those days. <laughs> like, y'all stay, you stay there in high school. It's not for me. I'm glad to be out of that. Yeah. For the ones that the people that always say, Oh, I wish I was 16 again. No, you don't. No. <laughs> Come on. Oh, we, no, you don't. <laughs> You may want to be, look more youthful, but you don't want to be 16 yeah. again. <laughs> no. <laughs> but speaking yeah. of, Uh-oh. that was, yeah, well, not 16, but this is a story I related to you a couple, uh, about a week ago or so. Um, and I was going through one of the EVPs, Rockefeller Center, and I happened to say out loud, hi, my name is Eric. I'm 23 years old. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm 30 freaking years old. It was, feels like so many years ago. It's only been seven, but seven is a long time. And I'm just like, dude, I remember that entire night like it was yesterday. And it was seven years ago, I was 23, and I was not thinking about 30 whatsoever. <laughs> and now I'm 30, still in school, don't have a job, and I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> the radio show is the good thing out of all that. The rest sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, you're working towards a goal, so at least That's you've true. gone That's to true. college to get to that goal. That's true. <laughs> yeah. This show's sad about me. <laughs> <laughs> it, God, it seems like ages ago. You know? It does. Crazy. Very crazy. Yeah. Um, but, again, another rabbit trail. <laughs> what we, You know what we need to do? We've got to get a a button of some sort. So every time we rabbit trail, we hear like the hopping of a rabbit or something. Uh, just so everyone knows, oh, that on my obvious rabbit trail. Yeah. So you do that. Um, but a couple of other places that we had visited as well, uh, we stayed more so in the Cleveland area. I know we wanted to expand quite a bit, and we didn't. But uh, um, one place in general, or yeah, in general, was the canal, the Erie Canal. Uh, up in Cleveland, uh, Cuyahoga area. Uh, and there were a couple of things that we did. Now, the w- two of them we did on our own. Another one we did with our group. The two, though, and you're going to have to help me with the one, but the two that we did on our own was, uh, it, it was just an investigation we were doing. It's more visual as opposed to asking questions because there's a myth, uh, in the area about driving down the canal down canal road and phantom lights Mm -hmm. of a car showing up behind you driving up quickly or coming towards you and then just vanishing and so we decided to put that to the test and you have to wait for the results until a couple weeks from now (laughs) but the other place was and this is where i'm going to need your help it was a house right on canal road i don't recall the name of the house Yeah. I don't remember either. I don't hmm. Well, I'll I know, tell you I it know was, what you're talking about. I remember the yeah. I remember what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of the house. Okay. So it, it was an older man gentleman's house. Uh it was I think the house was built in the eighteen hundreds, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. And we couldn't get into the house because it was being remodeled. But 
we decided to do an investigation around the outside, and we just spent some time out there, you know, asking questions, taking photos, and I think we came across some interesting, mysterious photos, uh, nothing that was definitive, but definitely mysterious, uh, and I don't recall ever getting any true EVPs from that investigation, but, you know, sometimes, let me, let me tell you folks, investigating, even though... You want to find something, even though you want to catch something on your EVP or in a camera. Truly, investigating isn't about the investigation itself. It's not about actually finding something. It's the experience mm. of looking for something, you know? It's almost like an adult version of hide-and-go-seek or, you know, some game like that <clears throat> where you're just trying to find the little Easter eggs. And sometimes you don't find any, but you have a good time doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what was um didn't we do that one with with the group or did we do that by ourselves? We did that alone and then we went back with the group as well. Oh, okay. Um one of the other ones that we had done was Gore Orphanage, which we actually <laughs> uh had talked about a while back. Um let's see orphanage the lake the canal road area we went to a church in the winter to try and go up to the Mm -hmm. cemetery and I was out because it was way too cold for me but uh, Eric actually went back with one of the group uh, that we had Um, did you guys ever get anything there when you went to your no, we, we didn't really get anything. The, the the experience was quite interesting because now now the theory about going up there is that the area, and it's really weird because it's an abandoned cemetery, really old gravestones uh, from the 1700s, 1600s, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and the claim was that they were in the shape of a pentagram. Now, what's interesting is that they do form, the whole thing forms a giant circle. Now, I didn't notice it actually, you know, being in the shape of a pentagram or anything like that. But there was evidence of seances and stuff like that happening up up there. Uh, some of the headstones had pentagrams written on them and or drawn on them, I should say, had weird writing written on them. Uh, don't know what it was. Maybe Latin. I don't read Latin, so I don't know. Uh, just weird symbols, stuff like that. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, we, we went up there, asked some questions. I took a bunch of pictures. And I don't recall really coming back with anything, but the feeling up there was super heavy. Uh, you know, there's this hill. You start at the church, and there's this big hill. And it took us maybe 10, 15 minutes to walk up it. And once you get to the very top and you enter the cemetery, there's just this, at least at the time, there's just this heavy yeah, atmosphere that falls upon you. Uh, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've ever experienced demonic affliction or oppression, you know, there's just that, or, you know, some kind of spirit manifesting itself or, you know, negative spirit. It just weighs you down. It's hard to breathe. The atmosphere is thick. Uh, and you get this sad, you know, this depressed kind of feeling, you know, when you're there. And so that's something that I experienced and several others experienced as well uh, when we were out there. <clears throat> So that in itself is pretty interesting. Yeah. And one thing that you guys will probably hear us say throughout this uh, this series that we're going to do is more so the feelings, people's 
experiences, more times than not, when you're doing an investigation, that's all you really have to rely on. It doesn't point to a haunting or anything. It's just something weird that happened. So, uh, I mean, anything you see on the TV shows is... (laughs) 90% 90% of the time, that stuff you're seeing on TV isn't happening. You know, it reminds you, those episodes are only an hour long. So they only show you an hour's worth, and most of it is even an hour's worth. You know, there's like so much explanation about it during the show. But they're there 8, 10, 12 hours sometimes. And all they can do is make an hour worth episode that has maybe two or three pieces of evidence that they can show you. So, you know, you can figure how boring it can get doing an investigation. It's it's interesting, and it could be fun, especially if you're working with the right people, you know, in the group. Yeah. But, um, which, you know, we've got, we've got stories, let me tell you. Yeah. Make sure you choose your group wisely, because sometimes it comes back to bite you. Um, yeah, and I know exactly who you're talking about, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think that's actually something we can cover. Obviously, we won't say any names here. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, again, we don't recommend going out necessarily and doing investigations. It's something that is much like the Ouija board. It's going to invite spirits in, uh, and in particular, evil spirits in. And, uh, you know, it's just something you should stay away from. But we know that our word only goes so far, and some people out there are going to want to experience regardless so with that said i'm not going to just let you all go out there you know unprepared you know willy-nilly and unprepared you get your butt whooped by a ghost and you cry home to mama but then they blame us and yeah yeah and then you know we're in court and i'm just sitting there and i'm saying i told you (laughs) not to i told told you yeah i told you not to do it (laughs) Don't get mad at me, your stupidity. But <laughs> when you're putting a group together, you know, a paranormal investigative group together, one thing you want to make sure you do is interviews. You know, some of the f- people that we've contacted, actually, I think all the people that ended up in our group, we had met through Craigslist, I think, or at least some of them. Um, one or two, you know, there's these groups online that you just, you know, you put something out there, say, Hey, join an investigative group. And they contact you. And so there are a couple people and we ended up, uh, meeting up with them and doing interviews with either of them. Uh, we gave them a contract to sign and just, you know, a little thing to fill out name, you know, birth date, address, et cetera, et cetera, all those kind of things that you need. Um, but the main point of doing that is to be able to talk with them and get an idea of their stability, I'll say. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, because not everyone, you know, is in it for the same reasons you are. And so, one, if you're going to have a group, you want everyone in the group to have the same mindset as you do or similar mindset. Now that Everyone, I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone should be able to bring something new to the table and something different. Yeah. But your overall, you know, end game is to have a, uh, is to look and hope for the similar, uh, I don't know, I guess have a similar connection to what you guys, what, what you want, you know, from your group and from an investigation. So there's this one guy, we'll call him Henry, and he was, I think he's the first guy on our team, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I don't even know. I'll have to wait for you to tell me who you're talking about before. Well, the guy. Oh. The guy. No, he wasn't the first. He wasn't? Are you sure? I'm positive. No. It was the two younger guys that we had on first. Hmm. Well, 
Hey, it was years ago. Come on. <laughs> I don't remember this stuff. We had to ask him we, later because uh, the one guy had decided not to. Not to do it anymore. Yeah. 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 I remember now. See, that's why we have a team. <laughs> right there. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm not going to worry. So the, okay, so we got Henry, which is the guy that we weren't pleased with. And then we got Jack, okay, who was actually very good at what he did, you know. We got along with him really well. Yeah. He loved hanging out with us. He loved doing going out and doing the investigations. Uh, and it was just a great time. But the story here is about Henry. Henry seemed pretty pretty decent. He seemed cool. He seemed interested in the same things we were interested in. Uh, you know, he's a go-getter, ready to do whatever had to be done. Well, time goes on, and things seem all right, until we're at a particular investigation, which was the bar. Uh, and again, we don't remember the name of the bar, but there's this one bar we actually went in. It was a client of ours. We went in to do an investigation, and the client decided to stay there. They decided to stay in the grocery section of the bar because there's like a grocery store slash bar slash gas station, I think, or something like that, which is weird. I mean, alcohol, gas, and groceries doesn't seem like a good combination at all. I think it was a small town, though. So Yeah, it was a small town. Um, but anyway, so we're there doing the investigation, and the owners are sitting in the grocery area just, you know, waiting for us to get done. And so Henry, at some point during the night, decides he's going to take some pictures. Fine. But then he goes over to the owners and he starts showing him them what he found and telling them that they have a spirit there. Well, first and foremost, folks, that's a big no-no. You don't tell somebody there's a spirit there until you have all evidence and you've reviewed all evidence. Because otherwise, you could be telling them a complete lie, which is what this guy was doing. We had no EVPs that we had listened to yet. The only photos that we had so far that have even truly been looked at were his, and he was the only one to look at them. With a camera uh, that he personally modified, by the way. With a camera that he personally modified, which again, modifications, I personally don't recommend them unless you're going into infrared modifications or something like that. Right. But the modification that he did, even the slightest movement would create streaks of light across the screen. So if you were, say, looking at a lamp or an overhead light such as the one above me right now, uh, which those of you watching the YouTube channel would see, if you were to take a picture of that, just standing there, mind you, you're, you're definitely not going to take a still photo standing one spot. Okay, there's always going to be movement. So with this modification, even the slightest breath when you snap the picture is going to create a huge streak across the entire screen because it's just manipulating the light. That's all it's all it's doing. Yeah. It's the camera doing it. But he was fully convinced, or at least in his mind, he wanted to fully convince the owners that the streak of light that he caught, which was being formed by the camera because of a light that he took a picture of, He's fully convinced that it was a ghost manipulating the light and not his camera. And the moment we heard about that, it was just a big, you know, red flag. And from there, it just kind of went right downhill, right? Yeah. So later on, I think it was a, about a week or two later, we find out that he's on another investigation with another group and didn't bother to tell us about it or anything. Now, mind you, there were no contracts quite saying you can't go on investigations. That's fine. But you would think that when you're working 
for a group and with a group, then you would at least be open enough to tell somebody on the group, hey, I got this investigation over here with such and such. Is that all right? Do you guys have anything going or, you know? And at that point, it's like, yeah, you know, go for it. But instead, he lied about it. And then when we called him to ask him about it, you know, he argued. He didn't just say, I'm sorry. I, I should have told you guys since we're a team. It won't happen again. But instead, he argued with us, telling us how the only reason that we are who we are was because of him, that we would have no group if it wasn't for him, et cetera, et cetera, which is obviously a huge lie. Everything that we did, we did on our own. We found all of our, you know, all the places, all of our clients we did on our own. We found on our own. Uh, we talked to everyone one-on-one on our own. No one else in the group was allowed to talk to clients. That was strictly a, a job for Justin and I. Yeah. And so he comes up with this huge prideful speech about he's better than us. He's been doing it longer than us. The only reason that we are who we are is because of him, et cetera, et cetera. And Justin texted me about it and told me, and I said, kick him off. Because that's something that Justin wanted to do, and we agreed. And so that same night, he was gone. Hadn't heard from him since. Thank the Lord, because we didn't want to hear from him since. But um, with all that said, you'll save yourself a lot of trouble if you thoroughly investigate the person or the people that you want to bring onto your team. Uh, whether you're paying them or not, you know, you want to be able to work with people that you get along with, that you have similar views, you know, with, and so on and so forth. So I don't think we had, like, a questionnaire or anything per se either that we – I mean, truly, if you're going to take somebody on, have questions written up for them. I think well, we just kind of winged it but gave them the application. Nope, that's not true. I disagree because uh, we actually did have questions, and some of the questions were, what are your religious beliefs? Oh. What kind of medication? Are you taking any medication? Anything that can impair their judgment uh, or what they see? You know, obviously, if someone's on some kind of drug that it causes them on occasion to right. hallucinate or something like that, you don't want them part of the team, or at least not part of the team that's out. You know, doing the investigations because if they see something, that could interfere with the truth because uh, we don't know. You know. Was it really there? Was it just the medications affecting? What is it? You know, so those are some of the questions that we did ask everyone coming on board. Uh, and, I, you know, I of course. I remember doing that. So No? It, yeah. I, re- I mean, I'm not I remember saying you're that. wrong, but I, oh, yeah, I yeah. don't remember us doing that. Well, I remember the reason, especially with, like, the question about religion that we had in there is because we didn't want to work with anyone who was Satanist, you know, or anything like that. There, there's a big no-no. And so we did talk about question them about the religious beliefs and they wrote it down and uh, after they wrote everything down we went through it one on one with them and said okay you said you're so and so here and you said you do this here or that you're you know this is your faith here and this is what you believe why do you believe that you know and we can then talk one on one and then get into other stuff and just you know have a a gay old time if you will but um So that's definitely something you get everyone out there. If you're going to do an investigation, if you're going to have a group to go with, interview them, question them, get to know them. Do your first, your very first investigation is investigating the people you're working with. It's not the spirits, it's the people. Figure out who they really are. At least get some kind of idea. Obviously, you're not going to fully know how they work until you work with them. But the more that you know before going on that first investigation, the better. Because at least that way you have some kind of heads up or some kinds of idea of who you're working with. So, 
Well, I I do have one more thing to say about this guy before uh, we finish with that. But, uh, folks, you're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. We're going to take our first break, and you're going to hear Eric's random fact of the day. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. If you've ever thought that hiking through a desert sounds painstakingly miserable, then you've never been to the Mojave Desert. According to Factslides.com, there's a secret swimming pool hidden within the Mojave Desert that is free for anyone to use. If you can find it. host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, the one thing we were talking about before break here was uh, getting to know your your team if you decided to do a paranormal investigation team. Uh, I think, what, what, do, what were we calling him? Henry. Henry. Henry, um, there was actually one other red flag that went up before that particular investigation was when we went to Jeffrey Dahmer's house. He had a picture where there was a mirror in it. Mm. And Mm -hmm. he manipulated this picture so much that the mirror looked like it was a portal. And that's what he Mm -hmm. said. Look, there's a portal in the mirror. Mm, no, you had a flash no. on your camera and you manipulated the picture so much that it looks like it's glittering. No. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no. You know, we had a lot of issues with Henry, you know. Same thing at uh, Rockefeller Center. We had a huge issue with just him going overboard with how loud he was being during the investigation and flirting with girls that were way too young for him to be flirting with. And, uh, you know, it's just like, what, dude, what the heck are you doing, you know? So obviously he had a lot of issues. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't have much respect for him because of the way he, just his work ethic is terrible. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, if you don't want people to respect you, then don't be an idiot, you know? I mean, grow up, dude. You know, if you're going to work, work hard and work right. Don't don't manipulate things. Don't tell lies. And don't pretend to be someone that you're not. Uh, and definitely, especially for those of you who are thinking of joining someone else's investigative team, don't put yourself above your boss or the leader of the team, if you will. Right. But the rules goes as far as investigating people as well. If you're going to join a team, investigate that team before you... Mm-hmm make an application or inquiry mm-hmm. or whatever right. because you don't want to be associated with a team that is uh, not a good team compared to the, the vice versa of not having a good person on your team. So, right. Yeah, and, and if you're the head or the leader of your team, don't think yourself above your teammates either. You know, be humble, 
be on the same level as them. Obviously, if you know something more than they do, break it to them easily. You know, don't just say, oh, I know better than you. I've done this long and so on and so forth. Just say, well, in my research, I found such and such. Give them the source and then boom. All right. You're credited. Just don't be an a-hole, basically. Yeah. I would encourage you guys, if you are not going to take Eric's advice and start a paranormal team or do paranormal investigations, one of the biggest things is to also research what you're getting yourself into. It's mm-hmm. not for the faint of heart. Um, as Eric said, just, just like anything else, you're opening a doorway and you will have things following you home. Yep. You'll have things yep. tormenting you if you don't protect yourself on top of, you know, just learning the, the tricks of the trade. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of people, I mean, that's how we started out, but eventually we started learning the, the well, and and that's where it is. You know, it's when we first started out, we weren't fully experienced. We, we, we messed up on a couple of different things. We had things follow us home, uh, which is something that you're going to tell us in the near future on one of the next episodes here. Um, and, you know, bad things happen, you know. Yeah. And I think that the good thing about Justin and I going through that already and experiencing it, for those of you who have yet to experience it but plan to experience, you know, investigate the investigative lifestyle, you're, you're listening to two people who've been through it already and are trying to guide you away from experiencing those same things. Because let me tell you, the truth is, no matter how cool you think it would be to see a ghost or how cool you think it would be to, you know, see, interact with any kind of spirit, it's not nearly as cool as you think it is. Because the majority of spirits out there, and you can check with any negative or any uh, investigative team, the majority of spirits out there are going to attack you. They're going to be negative. There's no spirit that follows you home and says, Hi, I'm Mr. Cupcakes and Candy Canes. I'm Casper. You know? Yeah, you know, it's not going to happen. There's always going to be negativity. And it's something you need to understand. It. You're getting into a world of negativity. The paranormal isn't, you know, it, it isn't some fun house. It isn't all about cotton candy unicorns. It, it's it's not. Sure, it has its, its moments or it's pretty cool. But that coolness disappears very quickly yeah. uh, once you truly understand and experience the darkness that lurks in the shadows. So just something to give you everyone a heads up on. If you can and you're willing to stay away from investigating, don't do it. Period. Okay? And this is coming from two guys who are credible. We have a ton of experience in it. And we, you know, we're telling you right now, just stay away. It's going to be better for you. Well, regardless um, of what you believe, whether you believe the the more Christian side that they're all demons, or you believe mm-hmm. uh, that they're human spirits, if if a human spirit does end up staying here, like you, you how can I put this? Say, just for argument's sake, it's human spirits, not demons here. If you decide not to cross over and you stay on on this side of the veil, more times than not, I, I would get pretty upset with myself and start turning into this negative, nasty spirit and want to lash out. So why not any other spirit, even if, if they are not d- demonic spirits, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. um, that's why we are warning you. It's not just... 
we're saying because as Eric said at the beginning him and I are on two separate mindsets as to what they are if you think they're demonic then they're probably demonic if you are thinking they're human spirits I would say that more times than not a human spirit if a human spirit does stay here will eventually turn into a negative spirit because they regret things or maybe they were just nasty in real life but um yeah i i don't recommend it especially if you don't know what you're getting yourself into yeah um and on this on the other side you know it i don't want everyone to think like oh well demons will be bad and good ghosts will be good because the truth is even demons will be good to a certain level you know they're going to do everything they can to manipulate you to trick you to pull you in and once they have you in that's when the bad's going to happen, and you'll already be stuck. You'll be in a predicament, in a situation that you can't get out of, not easily. So uh, just always be aware of what you're dealing with. Always be aware of your surroundings, and always be careful to take precautions uh, with what little precautions there are when investigating. Uh, and for those of you who happen to be Christian out there and still plan on doing investigations, you know, I understand. Sometimes, you know, you just want to know. Um don't think that because you're Christian, you're immune to demonic attacks. Because I'll tell you now that you're probably more prone to them. Um, I've talked about this numerous times. Satan wants nothing more than to destroy God's people. And if you're going to investigate, you're pretty much calling him to do that. So, just beware. You, you are not safe from demonic attack if you're a Christian. Um, so don't think that you are. Well, one thing that... Uh <clears throat> I had said something similar to that when I had Kay on to talk about demonic possession, and I had a couple people tell me, well, it's not it's not just Christians that are attacked, or uh, it's not mostly Christians. And to clarify, I wasn't saying that, that they are. I'm just saying that Christians can be attacked, and sometimes that is usually the more ones that we hear about because a Catholic priest gets involved or, you know, there's an exorcism or something like that. And more times than not, those people are of a Christian faith. That's not to say that other people from other religions aren't attacked or atheists aren't attacked. They would never tell you they were attacked because they don't believe that. But there are other people that are attacked. I just want to clarify that because that's not what I was saying on that specific episode. Right. Right. Um, So, uh, other than picking your team, uh, you can start out with just a simple recorder uh, and a digital camera. I think that's all we ever used, except for when we would team up with the other team that had the expensive equipment. Yeah, expensive equipment. Um, but, uh, I mean, peop- the you've seen it on the shows. People use infrared cameras. Uh, they start getting into ultraviolet cameras, a bunch of uh, very advanced technology for s- trying to find out w- what these things are and if there is something at a particular location that they're at. Um, right. The one thing that... I think Eric and I would both agree on um, is to um, not provoke. 
it's it's not your place to stay so especially if you're doing residential or business if you're doing an abandoned place okay i could see you doing that but i wouldn't recommend it because of the potential of attack well and you know and this is going on the grounds of whether it's demonic or otherwise if you're attacking somebody chances are they're going to fight back right so provoking is attacking verbally it's all you need to know. I mean, yeah. come on. This is human nature. You should know what that what happens when you provoke someone. So uh, just something to stay clear of and be careful of. Uh, the other thing that would be, you know, and this is on my side because, you know, Justin and I, we're talking about doing investigations this summer, uh, going to some ghost towns. But we may not do them the same way that we used to do them. At least I won't do them the same way that I used to. I actually... When uh, when Shelly and I went to Sims, I just turned on the recorder. I wasn't asking questions or anything. Yeah. And I know that's exactly where I think you're going with that is. That's exactly where I'm going, yeah. So, you know, asking questions, that's when the doors begin to open. Now, mind you, there's so many ways for doors to open. But to stay on the safe side, it's best not to ask questions. Go in, just Talk to your friends, you know, whoever your group is, whatever. Take pictures. Leave your recorder running in different rooms. You know, you can have it run for so long in one place and move to another place, et cetera, et cetera. That's it. You know, that's your investigation. And, of course, figure out the history of the place. You know, have there been other residents there? Have they experienced things? You know, have there been any, uh, I don't know, police, you know, calls for to the police about some kind of disturbance happening in the house? You know, things like that. Anything that could disturb uh, or, or create some kind of spiritual awakening, if you will, negative spiritual awakening. But, <clears throat> you know, you don't have to go in and ask questions. You don't. You can get just as many answers by not asking questions as you can and asking questions. The only difference is by asking questions, you're opening that door to yourself. By not asking questions, it helps you keep that door closed. So just something to think about. Obviously, not everyone is going to take our advice on that, but at least think about it, you know? At least do us that favor. Some of the best EVPs that people have caught is not asking questions. It's just sitting there. Yeah, And I'm not recommending to you guys, again, like Eric said before, I'm not recommending you go do these things, but you're, you're going to go do them regardless of what we say. So um, I think the biggest thing is is just making sure you know your surroundings um, the entire time. It's, mm-hmm. it's very easy. And... and with us going to ghost towns and uh, wanting to do some investigating there, and um, it going into a place that could possibly be dangerous, you need to know exactly what what's around you at all times, um, as well as knowing, like Eric said, the history of the place. You don't mm-hmm. want to run into problems, and then you're up Poop Creek. Because you didn't do your your pre-investigation investigation, right? And it's really it's a lot like film. There's pre-investigation, there's principal investigation, and then there's post-investigation. Pre-investigation is getting all the understanding of the place, of the clients, et cetera, et cetera, uh, knowing what kind of equipment you want to take with you, everything that you can possibly think of. Uh, 
principal investigation is the time in which you actually go do the investigation. And then post-investigation is reviewing all of the evidence that you have and bringing it to the clients. That, I mean, that, that's what it is. That's the same thing with, you know, with film. You, you figure out what shots you want to shoot. You figure out the script. You figure out what equipment you want to use. Principal for photography, that's actually filming the movie. And then post is all the editing. So <clears throat> same thing. You know, it, it's, you, you can figure this out in a number of different ways. It's not rocket science. But there is a certain technique I think you need to have and that you need to follow um, when investigating. You go in there half-cocked and blinded, yeah, you're screwed. So just something to think about. But uh, moving on from there, because I think, I think we got that, that, that part pretty straight and narrow. Yeah. Um, <sighs> ghosts, man, ghosts. I think it would be interesting, and I know we've discussed this in the past, but uh, and not to go into too too much detail. But since this is the intro to the entire thing, I think we should at least talk about why we got into investigating and why we started the NSPS. Yeah, <laughs> uh, some heck of a lot of thought there for that one. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, well, I think one of the biggest ones was. Just watching the the shows that we watched, Ghost Hunters and whatnot, mm-hmm. and I think that's what got us interested into the hunting part of it. Um, I, I think throughout the years, I had had several instances where I had uh, experiences where things didn't uh, add up. Like the one time I was staying at my dad's and saw a shadow which I thought was him got up and it disappeared mm-hmm. um, and then you know just seeing stuff out of the corner of your eye that sort of thing uh, trying to think if there was any other instances oh well I mean and I've talked about this before um, uh, I had experiences with the Ouija board and mm-hmm. it, I mean just that stuff alone um and mind you folks, at this point, in my head, I believed that I, I didn't believe in a higher power, that there was nothing else. That you live, you die, that's it. There's there's nothing else. Uh, so why was I doing a Ouija board and whatever? I guess just mere curiosity. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, at that point in my life, I, I didn't believe in any type of religion or any type of afterlife uh so maybe that kind of opened the doors up even more for me yeah well and uh you know for me it's a similar boat you know obviously i I told everyone about the dark dark experiences but that's not what led me led me to investigating because the dark experiences didn't happen until after investigating um but uh if, if I remember correctly, anyway. But um, yeah, it was after <clears throat> we started doing investigations and whatnot. Because we was uh, when you were led back to Christianity. Yeah. So you know, I, I grew up Roman Catholic, uh, and by the time I hit sixteen, it was you know I believed in God, but I didn't really care. You know, it was one of those things. So I too dabbled with the Ouija board. Me and my sisters, we had quite a few negative experiences. The last one. The last one really just 
put the seat, the, the, the nail in the coffin, if you will, you know, uh, where we were asking questions and the, uh, what do you call it? The, the little Plank. thing that you move, what he just said, um, <laughs> started to get really, really hot. Uh, to the point where me and my sisters all had to pull our hands away. And from that moment on, my mom took the Ouija board away and wouldn't let us play anymore when we were kids. Uh, also, we lived in a haunted house. It was a house that my parents always told us was a haunted. My mom in particular always told us was a haunted. Until a one specific evening, it was New Year's, and I think I was probably around 16, 17, when both my mom and my uncle, who grew up in the house, told us that they had experiences as they were kids as well. And it's the same experiences that me and my sisters experienced. Noises in the basement, someone or something walking up and down the stairs, uh, shadows and other weird things. I, sometimes out of the corner of our eyes, sometimes otherwise. I know my sister saw me sitting above myself one night, which doesn't make any sense. Um you know, just all kinds of really weird, creepy things happening in the house, uh, and a lot of just negative feelings. So I think all of that pretty much, you know, led me to want to do the investigations as well. When Justin and I first started talking about it, it was like, okay, well, we both have a passion, all of these things happening, and now here we are. And of course, I think the thing that put the nail on the well, again, the nail in the coffin, but that really drove me to want to do the investigations because I remember my, both Justin and my first investigation was at my house, which is my parents' house where they live right now. And it was due to the fact that both me and my sister, not knowing at the time that we were having the same experience until one day I brought it up and my sister completed my sentence. And I used to hear an older woman or some some kind of woman whisper in my ear and she would call my name. And she would always say, Eric, like that. And right before, you know, at that moment we were almost asleep but not fully asleep, you know what I mean? Um, and so we'd always make a jump up. And I remember that happening night after night after night after night for weeks. And one day I was in the kitchen. My mom and my sister were there, uh, one of my sisters, uh, my sister Erin. And we were talking, and I just said, you know what? It, it, well, I forget. We were talking about ghosts because they're, we're, they're talking about seeing an orb, a green orb, green or blue orb in, my ho- in the house. And we've all witnessed the orb. Okay, I've even witnessed it the past couple times I've been there, so it's come back. And during that time, I said, you know what's really weird and creepy is sometimes when I'm falling asleep, I hear someone whisper, and Erin jumps up and she says, and it goes like this, Erin, same exact thing that I heard. And I said, yes, oh my gosh, yeah. And she's like, I hear the same thing every night as well. So obviously, you know, when you got numerous people coming around to say the same thing, obviously there's some kind of truth to it. Right. Um, or could be some kind of truth to it. So yeah, that's the stuff that got me really interested in the investigation process, um, and wanting to do investigations. So. And that, the house that Eric is, is talking about, as much as I loved spending time with the family there, I always got an uneasy feeling being in the, my grandparents' house that eventually became Eric's house, and now is my brother. Oh, that one, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, which is which is also interesting because I'm not going to mention names just for you know whatever. Actually, it doesn't matter. 
because I'm saying last names and it's family. So, <laughs> oh, I care. No, but uh, Elena, uh, Justin's brother's uh, first daughter, oldest daughter, she's been really interested in the paranormal lately over the past couple of years, which is really, really weird and interesting. And she claims to see things at the house. Mm. and apparently talks to things and so on and so forth. And I know there have been numerous, time, numerous times where my mom and uh, my cousins have, uh, well, I call her my cousin, but my cousin's wife will bring up to her and say, hey, you should you should talk to Eric about this. He, he's into all the paranormal stuff. He, you'd have a good conversation with him. And I know I've talked to her about it in the past, and it's really interesting stuff. I mean, she creepy stuff, man, <laughs> especially for a girl that age. But... um it's weird because this is the third generation in our family to live in that house and they're experiencing she's, she's experiencing something as a kid just like the rest of us did so it's really starting to prove that there is and always has been something there what it is I don't know I think I should probably do some real investigation and find out the history of the house yeah, really we never did do an investigation we never did that Not, no no we haven't so you know Creepy stuff, you know? Things start adding up. You start seeing little incidents here and there that are like, wait a second. These are all very similar in a very weird and mysterious way. So, all right, folks. So we are at that time where we are going to take our second break of the evening. You are listening to Parachute Radio on the Parachute Radio Network. And we will be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's going on, Parafans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines, and these headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Scientists create controllable cyborg beetle. A cross between a robot and a beetle, the cybernetic insect can be commanded to walk or run on demand. Brain-computer interfaces have become something of a hot topic in recent years, and now scientists at the Nanyang Technological University in Singapore have taken this concept in a slightly different direction by turning a common African beetle into a remote-controlled cybernetic organism. To accomplish this, the researchers implanted electrodes into each of the beetle's legs, which, when stimulated with an electrical signal, could command the insect to move speed up or slow down. We have constructed an insect-computer hybrid-legged robot using a living beetle, they wrote. Different muscles were individually stimulated in a predefined sequence by a microcontroller. By varying the duration of the stimulation sequences, we successfully controlled the step frequency, hence the beetle's walking speed. Once perfected, cyborg beetles could eventually be used as miniature drones that could fly over and search difficult terrain. It might even be possible for intelligence agencies to use them as spies. To the best of our knowledge, this paper presents the first demonstration of living insect locomotion control with a user-adjustable walking gait, step length, and walking speed, the team wrote. Lifelike robot wants to destroy humans. The eerily realistic female humanoid robot has been designed to look, act, and speak like a real person. The remarkable creation, which can be set to redefine how humanity interacts with machines, is the latest in a long line of realistic talking robots developed by Texas-based firm Hanson Robotics. 
Known as Sophia, the female robot possesses a strikingly human-like face, which combines the features of actress Audrey Hepburn with those of the wife of the company's CEO, David Hansen. With the ability to emulate over 60 separate facial expressions, the robot is perhaps the most human-like machine ever created. I do believe that there will be a time when robots are indistinguishable from humans, said Hansen. The demonstration of Sophia in action ends with Hansen prompting the robot to come out with the rather worrying response, Okay, I will destroy humans. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio, part of the Paratruth Radio Network. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we have been discussing the intro of our series called Ghosts Among Us. Uh, you know, before we went to break, we're just telling you a little bit about uh, our 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 own personal intro into the paranormal um, world, if you will, uh, in, in which we started doing, or what led us to do investigations. And so, you know, if you've noticed, both Justin and I have had some interesting experiences growing up. Uh, some of them were quite interesting. Some of them were quite dark. All of them had led us to this point right here today in which we have numerous radio shows, a couple of short films, some video feeds, and, of course, the old NSPS, the Night Stalkers Paranormal Society, uh, in which we actually did investigations and had gained quite a few experiences to make us the men that we are. Well, one of us the man that we are. The other one the lady. Oh come on now. We just got taught done talk about Henry lying. Let's not put you in the same boat. I don't want to one day scream like a little girl doesn't make I, me a woman. I don't want one day to call you Janet or something. <laughs> Let me tell you the story about Janet. <laughs> He used to be, wait, he? Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, that is nothing negative to the ladies out there who are listening, by the way. I respect you all very much. That's what I did there. That's how you keep your cool with the ladies. Just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Hate mail. <laughs> I, uh,. We we are going to keep it uh, consecutively when we start the series back up again in several weeks here because uh, we do have several guests lined up now that I looked back a little bit. Um, but uh, once once we have an opening, we'll make a consecutive yeah. several shows this, where we go through. This goes our- back to the pre-investigation thing, guys. You always... You always look ahead to what's in the future first. What are we up against before deciding on a show? <laughs> Here we looked a little too late and realized, oh, we're doing a show to an intro show to a series two months before we can actually do the series. So, eh. But uh, that's, what, that's that's showbiz. <laughs> <laughs> Poorly done, showbiz. Well, but showbiz. <laughs> nobody ever said everybody in showbiz does it very well. 
Oh, that's true. I can think of a number of people who <laughs> not good. <laughs> but see, and that's where that bunny hop would come in. Another rabbit trail. Um, <laughs> so yeah, folks, we are going to do a consecutive uh, three or four uh, episodes of investigations with EVPs that Eric has has found over the next couple of weeks. Um, I know he's been listening to him here and there. And uh, have you have you found a lot of EVPs, or just more so like uh, just the experiences we had? No, I've got I've got a now. I've only listened to the first investigation we did, the one at Rockefeller Center, so far. So I got a few more left, uh, quite a few more left. Uh, but through the four, I think four tracks that we had, uh, that we did, that I personally did EVPs on, uh, I came up with two EVPs that were interesting and can't fully explain it. Uh, it might be that they're, they might not be spiritual, you know, EVPs, but they're interesting. There's something that I missed way back when. So, Obviously, you know, it kind of sucks because the EVPs that I have are only coming from me. That's one source. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Justin doesn't have his, EP, his EVPs. Uh, if he did, we'd have a little more maybe to go by. But it's something. You get to hear something. We're going to have something. As long as, if, as, long as I actually found something or, you know, on these EVPs, then you're going to be hearing them. Uh, when we start doing that, the rest of the series. Yeah. So that's something to definitely look forward to. And of course, we'll place it online so you guys can hear it over and over and over and over again. As much as your little heart desires. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's gonna be hard to remember, but, um, I do remember mostly the, the major investigations over the, the other ones that we did. It's too bad that you didn't have the one from, um, when we did it at your house because I believe we had an EVP there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did. We could we never did. really figure out exactly what she was saying, but we thought she well, was responding to our question. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it might be on there because this is the same recorder that we used. Uh, I don't recall ever deleting anything. I may have. I don't recall. Um, but all these EVPs are jumbled up right now. So they could be in one of the files somewhere. It's just a matter of getting getting to it it's accidentally to put it up on the computer and get all the files off yeah to see i guess but i need the usb <laughs> which you will get if you're a good boy all right <laughs> so i uh, promise <laughs> so the next couple weeks folks uh we've got uh mark leslie uh, Thomas Carey and Don Schmidt. That will be a episode on the families of uh, the Roswell crash. Mm. Which is going to be really interesting. I so we have all three of them on at the same time. No, Mark is that. Oh, is next week. Uh, Thomas gotcha. Carey and Don Schmidt will be the following week. Gotcha. Okay. I, I forget what book Mark Leslie did. I'll have to look that up. Um, and then the week after that, Joshua Kutchen. Um, so de- definitely some interesting stuff coming up for you guys. Once we do have an opening, like I said, we will have consecutive couple episodes on the investigations. The Ghosts Among Us. Sounds like a good movie, right? <laughs> or a yeah. video game. Or a video game. Yeah, that could work too. <laughs> uh, but, uh, 
just so you guys know, I did finish my revisions in the last week, uh, entering them into the the electronic copy of it. So mm-hmm. I will be putting it out there to hopefully get published. If not, it will be published one way or the other because I will self-publish if I don't get an actual publisher. So... And Eric has the reveal coming soon. Uh, like you said last week, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you won't be able to see it until next year. Um, do, are people allowed Unless they go to the film festivals, oh. yes. So, I mean, of course, whenever I'm entered into a film festival, I'll be mentioning that on air. So if you are in the area, wherever the festival is being held, please feel welcome to come. And I don't know how much it will cost. We'll, I'll let you know, though. When the time comes, because you always have to pay to get in at festivals, unfortunately. But they're not expensive tickets. They're very typically low-priced tickets, unless you're getting into the big festivals. Um, but, yeah, so something I'll keep everyone informed on in this summer. All right. Um, until next week, guys, uh, I hope you'll keep tuning in. And uh, we got a lot of great stuff coming for you. Like we said, the Ghosts Among Us series. So until next week, where you will find us, same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Parachutes Radio, and you would like to listen to it again, or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, parachutesradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. Comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. 
You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.